Hi guys, my name is Jade and welcome to Bite Sized, your weekly dose of everything you need to know in easy snackable bites. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. This is a popular sentence because it uses all of the letters in the English alphabet and it's for this reason that it's known as a pangram. Other pangrams include pack my box with five dozen liquor jugs now that's the party and the five boxing wizards jumped quickly these are so much more entertaining than a story about a fox and a dog i digress let's get back to the fox and the lazy dog first used in 1885 for writing practice hashtag trivia hashtag good to know it then became popular to use in font examples and for typing tests uh, the good old typing test. For younger listeners, this was a time when we actually had to be taught how to type. I remember at school we had to choose between typing or economics. The more relaxed students opted for typing. I had to take economics. And before you think I've lived all these years without learning how to type, I used what was called a typing tutor. And the results would give you your words per minute or your WPM. I think back then it would have been a good pickup line. Hey baby, so what's your words per minute? I did another typing test and mine was actually 69. Don't laugh. Hashtag what's my age again. I'm apparently on the cusp of fluent and fast. I made three typos. Pro was over that and average is between 30 to 40 words per minute. It's funny how quickly things change. Typing is now just part of life, kind of like Facebook stalking. Speaking of Facebook stalking, this just in, we finally know that Mark Zuckerberg is indeed a reptilian overlord. Appearing in front of Congress this week, Mark Zuckerberg needed a booster seat. And while he's only five foot seven, it was not because he's short. A friend close to the Zuckerbergs who wishes to remain anonymous revealed that the booster seat was specially made to hide Mark Zuckerberg's reptilian tail. There are more than 7 billion people in the world. I can guess who you are in less than 15 questions. Wanna play? I decided to dance with the devil and clicked yes. I was asked 15 questions. Questions like, do you own any pets? Or what's your favorite movie genre? And then it got a little bit creepy. Like asking me, when was the last time you cried? It was actually yesterday. But how did the machine know? After 15 questions, it was able to guess my name. Was I impressed? Thoroughly. Would I share it on Facebook and Twitter? Of course. I went back to the website a few days later and was met with a big fat fish. April Fools! I was one of over 200,000 idiots. The site was covered by more than a hundred international news websites and proves just how easy it is to harvest personal information with fake quizzes, just like Cambridge Analytica. Luckily, they did not store any of this information. Want to know how they did it? They used customized social plugins, first from Facebook, now Google. Even though your name never left any of those platforms, it just looked like it did. It just shows how gullible we, we being the royal we, aka me, can be. 
I wonder if this is why BuzzFeed is such a powerhouse. Hashtag not a lawyer, please don't sue me. I mean, they have quizzes and probably have details on all my important info. Stuff like what my Patronus is and which sex in the city character I most identify with. Can you name an influential woman in tech? When a sample of a thousand American consumers were asked whether they could name an influential woman tech leader, 91.7 said no, at least they were being honest, and 8.3% said yes. While that may seem bad, it gets worse. Of the 8.3, only 4% actually could. The rest were liars. And who did those liars name? Wait for it. Siri or Alexa? I'm living the world's shortest horror story. I'm living a life with no internet connection. It's been three days, 12 hours and five minutes, but who's counting since our internet went down? We only recently got fiber to the home, but I've come to rely on it. I've actually had to watch satellite TV, DVDs, and listen to CDs. And that video thing that went viral, I still haven't seen it. Please keep me in your thoughts. It will be another two to three working days before the technicians can come out. And that's it for this week's Bite Size. The emoji of the year goes to the unicorn. I don't often use this in my daily life, but it's pretty sweet that the majestical beast, the unicorn, wins it. Uh, fun fact, a group of unicorns is called a blessing, but you'll never see that because they are solo animals. Also, mythical animals. Unicorns don't exist. Hashtag next, you're going to tell me Santa isn't real? Best reference in a movie to unicorns, in my opinion is The Rock's Central Intelligence, where he takes off his hoodie and he's wearing a shirt with unicorns and says, I'm big time into corns. The first time I had Starbucks was when I was in Taiwan and I loved it. A Starbucks was the perfect place to get away from the busy streets, sip on soy lattes and eat cranberry scones. In the first place I lived, we actually had two Starbucks in the same street. I was pretty excited when we got a Starbucks in South Africa, but due to its location, I don't visit as often as I did back in T1. No Starbucks experience is complete without getting your name on a cup. If you don't put it on Instagram, did you even have Starbucks? I once walked into a Starbucks, proudly ordered in Chinese and gave my English name, only to pick up a cup later that read Ygoran. A Ygoran is a foreigner. Touché. Enter your name at whatsmystarbucksname.com and it will get it horribly wrong like only a Starbucks can. You can post it to the gram and make everybody jealous. In the summer, I'd switch from my soy latte to a frappuccino. Fun fact, Kenny G actually came up with the idea for the frappuccino. And by the way, my Starbucks name is Joan or Journey. Duolingo, or Duolingo, as I always like to confuse it with because I learned how to speak Chinese in Pinyin, which is basically learning Chinese via a weird English alphabet. Duolingo is an amazing program that makes learning a language really easy and fun. They offer a range of languages, the regulars, 
like Japanese, Chinese, Spanish, Italian, etc. But did you know they also offer Esperanto, which is over 1.3 million learners. And Esperanto was basically this language that was going to be a universal language that never caught on. Hashtag stop trying to make fetch happen. And High Valerian, which is the language they speak in Game of Thrones, that is over 260,000 learners. But their latest edition is Klingon. And at the time of this podcast, they just had under 50,000 learners. Do not confuse Klingon with Star Wars. You will be disowned by all the nerds out there. So Klingon is the language they speak in Star Wars. (gasps) Were you listening? Klingon is the language they speak in Star Trek, not Star Wars. I'm going to teach you two useful phrases to know in Klingon. You know, for when you're at Comic-Con, I suppose. The first one is how to say hello. You say it no ke noch. No ke noch. No ke noch. Hello. I hope I'm not butchering the Star Trek language over there. Probably am. The next one, most important phrase you'll need to learn whenever you learn a language is how to say I don't know. The confused expression on your face will probably convey this, but just in case you need it, here's how it goes. Gia ke beto. Gia ke beto. I don't know. Or just shrug your shoulders easier. And that was the world's worst language lesson proudly brought to you by Bite Sized. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends and give me a rating on Anchor or iTunes.